Welcome to Crafting the Grooves, episode one. Today we will be uh, discussing Thrice's To Be Everywhere Is To Be Nowhere. And, and Russian Circle's uh, Guidance. Uh, we will be giving our thoughts and opinions on this, uh, on each album, respectively. And uh, enjoy. Okay, that's good. I, I, I can live with that. All right, so we're starting to pour us. Dude, you got to get up on it, man. This is a dick. It's just got to be in your mouth the whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start the pour. I mean, you come from the the what, what, little bait, little smoothies. What the fuck were they called? Little sexies? What were the microphones? Little sweeties? Little blondies. Little blondies. You know, that's, that's condenser life. You can be wherever the fuck you want. Thank you, sir. All right, so today we are having Centauri whiskey. And it's called Toki. Uh, normally, we would the uh, the idea or premise of the podcast would be uh, to drink beer, but today, since it's our first ever, might as well go big or go home. Yeah, man, celebrate. Yeah, so clink clink. Cheers. I'm gonna take a sip. Let's see. Yeah, that's uh, real smooth. That is some good whiskey. Uh, a lot of the the popularly available uh, Japanese whiskeys are no age statement. So as you can see, this one has no like 12-year, 10-year, 8-year, whatever. Yeah. And that's usually not desirable. Aged whiskey? Uh, not not stated age. Mm. Um, you know, it's a blend, and I mean, that's fine. But um, these two, Centauri has the Toki and the Hibiki Harmony. Mm -hmm. uh, which I think are both very good for their their respective prices. CBG harmonies I think are around sixty, and this one's like around forty. If yeah. memory serves. Um, and the no age statement doesn't really uh, concern me. Uh, honestly, I I don't care. It's I mean, pretty pretty good for not being aged. It's really smooth. It would be I guess akin to an older uh, whiskey, even though it's maybe not as old. Maybe they just kind of blend it and, and fuck with it. Yeah. Um. It's really good. Um, so yeah, normally our premise is that we, we're, after this one, we're gonna have some beer, and uh, ideally, it would be local brews. Oh, that'd be awesome, yeah. Um, and hopefully, we will get uh, other guests that do own uh, their own breweries and other types of guests as well, not just uh, beer makers or. Or what are just local people? That's the idea of this podcast. Um, ideally, what I want is to have um, to try to find the beauty of of our area and see if you can uncover some diamonds in the rough. Well, I mean, I've certainly uncovered a few up here uh, in Broward. Uh, I also know of a couple of places where we'll probably get a good supply of local growlers. Hmm. Okay. So I mean, we're we're pretty good on those fronts. Okay. Still have to reach out to the guy from MIA Brewery. Yeah. And Winwood Brewery. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Biscayne Bay. Yeah. Their, uh, tasting room just opened up. Oh. And that's a Durrell. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, and that's that's in Durrell. And also, Lincoln's Beard just opened up. That's on Bird Road in the Palmetto. Yeah, I heard about Lincoln's Beard. Yeah. And they're all, they're, they're all cool places. They're different. Mm -hmm. uh, Lincoln's Beard has um, maybe... Uh, less of their own brood stuff they're still kind of ramping up on that area but they do have a, a good selection of uh, guest taps and they also usually have uh, 
tacos and tattoos taco truck right which is fantastic so tacos, tacos and, and tattoos, tattoos yeah it's a a taco place a little bit south of miami-dade south campus mm-hmm. and i think that their food is actually really good do they also like have people doing tattoos at the same time i'm gonna assume yes but not in the taco truck mm, okay maybe at the location right like, uh, I know of a, a bar called Creepy Tiki, which is also a tattoo parlor. Mm. And that place is real cool. That's where my wife got uh, her stuff done. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. And everybody's real nice. And you can you can drink some beers or get some cocktails. So it's good stuff. Just try not to be too drunk when you get a tattoo because you're going to bleed all over the place. Hmm. Tattoos uh, are cool and all. They're nice. They are an art form. However... Uh, I personally wouldn't get any on my skin. I like to I like to admire. Yeah, I can respect that. I mean, I have one, but I don't know that I would continue. Mm-hmm. They're also expensive. Yeah, they're pretty expensive. Like I see people that are like broke with like two sleeves and you know working on a full leg, and I'm just like, no wonder you're broke, right? <laughs> like you can have nice things and tattoos. It's just how you manage, you know. Seriously. Your money. Yeah. I mean, guys, come on. Like, uh, for my tattoo, my tattoo is pretty small and not super detailed, and I paid like 180 bucks. That's pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. So, um, we will also be uh, reviewing some some records as well. Um, they sometimes won't be uh, like cont- not contemporary. Um, current like recently released doesn't matter or anything i i I think um i think whatever comes up is good yeah i think it's good and since uh i had originally intended to start it off with uh thrice um i think being able to hear and review about their latest album would be a great idea so their latest album to be everywhere is to be nowhere um in my opinion, I think is a um, a callback to their previous work. Um, you find different different uh, influences from from their previous albums, and usually, what what for the people that don't know, Thrice uh, they usually tend to start a new album, and um, it's completely different from the last. Um, they always go a different direction or at least try to move a different direction. It's always a reaction against what the previous one was. That makes sense. And um, it, it pushes their limits. And I definitely, I definitely appreciate w- that they've done that because it's helped me grow as a listener. And when I, back in my band days, uh, which were very short, um, it helped me say, hey, why don't we try this? Or let's try that, you know? Um, and it kind of helped craft, uh, those bands at the time, uh, what we did and sometimes it didn't, but that's another story for another day. Yeah. I mean, I definitely see the, so I'm not for listeners. I'm not huge on thrice. Uh, I really liked their, their first album, but I mean, the other stuff didn't really Call to me. Even the first one took me. Wait, first album as in Identity Crisis or no, The Illusion of Safety? Crisis, Illusion of Safety, first the, real album. The, the second album then. Second album. First real album. There, it's first in my heart. Okay. Um, so The Illusion of Safety is uh, essentially the pinnacle of Thrice for me. And they peaked early. 
Um, so I haven't really been listening, so I don't necessarily see the callbacks to their previous mu music, but I do see a lot of callbacks to other uh, artists that I'm sure and other music styles that I'm sure influence them. Right. Uh, I mean, there's a, a song that is pretty much straight, like a Foo Fighters song, but there's only two kinds of people of, in the world. There are the people that like Foo Fighters and the people that haven't heard them yet. Right. So I'm, I'm not going to be mad at them for that. Which, which one was it they thought was a callback to Foo Fighters? Let me switch to channel and give you the name uh why don't we go through the songs chronologically after we go through this <laughs> okay i'm gonna lower the volume of the songs so that we can maybe hear each other a little better i'm okay. gonna i'm actually gonna like pull one okay am i also listening yeah I, I'm, I'm paused right now i'm gonna lower the volume okay because i have a, a volume control here you know, to avoid copyright, let's not, you know, copyright take down, let's avoid playing it for too long. Well, they're not hearing it. We're hearing it. Right. And, oh, okay. Yeah. So listeners won't, won't listen to no, it. No, I have oh. no idea. Okay. So it's not this one. This one is like, uh, this is Hurricane, this is the first song. Uh -huh. And this is almost like one of those screamo songs that Josh likes to listen to in the office. Yeah. But he doesn't go that route with his vocals. And the, the, the verse changes, but like that intro part is just like, did I not switch you over? No, I, I okay. got it. Yeah, so this part, right in the beginning, this is like a pure scream mode, like, yeah, right? So, I mean, that's definitely an influence on them. They almost, one would argue that they were a huge participant in the creation of that genre. No, I, I don't necessarily agree with that, mm. but I kind of see how that style of music took influence from their albums, their early on albums. Um, they... In their DVD for If We Could See Us Now, uh, they retell a story about an identity crisis where they were taking kind of like a, a punk punk route. And sometimes like, like uh, what was at the time hardcore, which was really the, the screaming part. Uh, and like a little different, but sure. Yeah. Like a little like the some of the labels they're they were like, OK, where are these? Are these guys? Are they singing? Or are they going to be screaming? You know, what's what's the deal? So that makes sense. So, um, I'm trying to find the Foo Fighters song. Though. Right. I feel like this might be it. This is like almost like a straight Wasting Light, like B-side. You think this is a B-side? For Wasting Light? Yeah. Uh -huh. I think it's this one. Hold on. Yeah. Like this is straight Dave Grohl. Yeah. I get... Yeah, I could. I but kinda, I mean, wasting light is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at anybody. Mm. You know, but blood, blood on the sand is definitely uh, Foo Fighters inspired in my book. Who knows? Maybe they did take uh, inspiration in Foo Fighters. It's a huge band. Maybe, maybe not at the moment, or may, maybe previously. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's it's homage. Sometimes it's like maybe we just like that sound. You know, like their motivations are not clear. Right. Or maybe, or maybe we're just, or maybe in this case, you, you're probably just uh, placing that because it's something that's familiar to you. Oh, it's definitely familiar to me. Yeah. And I, I definitely do enjoy it. So, I mean, yeah, I, just, I see the commonality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was intentional and intentional or whatever the case was, but I still think it's a good song. I mean, it's a good song. Um, this one, I forgot the name of this one. The, this is The Window. The um, Window, yeah. This that's all right. This is a good song. I think it's maybe like a slower version of one of their uh, Illusion of Safety era songs. It's mm -hmm. kind of feeling that I get. 
Yeah, kind of, kind of feels like it's a slower version of Trust, and Trust was a pretty slow song. Um, but I mean, they've been doing this what almost thirty years. Hmm? How long have they been thrice? They've been thrice for about fifteen, 15 years only. Only Are you sure? Yes. Okay, that's. I mean, I felt like it would have been longer. Hold on, Deftones has almost been a band for thirty years. Uh, if we're counting, if we're counting the, their hiatus, which was, I believe, three years, then that that makes it like eighteen, I believe. Yeah, so let's call it twenty. Sure. And nice estimate. People definitely grow and change a lot in twenty years. So I mean, definitely, this could also be an, an, a result of that, mm-hmm. where they're like, we don't, we're not those people. We don't make that music anymore. Right. But that doesn't mean that they've shunned it and. No, uh, yeah. and the funny thing is, now that you mentioned that, is that uh, it's a rarity for them to play anything from the identity crisis, uh, because that they've mentioned. Looking at their previous songs, it's like looking back at a at a yearbook. Yeah, and they're like they think, oh my god, I can't believe you know I looked like that, or in this case, I can't believe that you know we played something like that. No, for sure, um, uh, there are definitely other bands that have albums or songs that they just cringe at yeah but you know i when i went to uh their farewell tour um when they 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 played uh some identity crisis they played like on their final final show which they Listen, were you playing went to like 10 shows yeah but so, their final I mean, show let's be real Let's let's qualify that with you into a shit ton of shows. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's true. I, I I did follow them on their last leg, um, but on their last show where it was just them and they played thirty three songs in total, uh, they did play uh, a bunch of Identity Crisis songs, and for me it was it was a dream come true to listen to those songs because I've never seen them um, pre the Alchemy Index. Right. Um, the 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 opportunities did arise, but I was I was younger, and I think the at the time my parents weren't too fond of of me going to another county to see a band. Yeah, I mean, I remember my the first concert that I chose to go to was like I was uh, fifteen, I think, or sixteen, mm-hmm. but I didn't have a car and have a license yet. Right. So my dad had to drive me up to Broward County and then just kind of hang around for a few hours. Right. While I was at the concert. And that was kind of shitty. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next one is uh, wake up. Wake up. So some so, something so makeup. It's not makeup. You wanted to. No. <laughs> there was a there was a comment. I feel like it's another Foo Fighters song a little bit. You think so? Yeah. This is another wasting light album. B side. You hear it though. You hear it. I have to I have to listen to the Foo Fighters at that point. Wasting Light, album. specifically yeah. Wasting Light. I haven't actually been thrilled with their latest album. Mm-hmm. So I haven't even I don't think I've actually listened to it all the way through. Mm-hmm. Just from the singles, I'm like, meh. But you know what? I should give it another chance. Yeah, be- I should I should give that a chance. Like I need to explore the Foo Fighters a little bit because I I was one of those that like at the time I think it was um ninety four nine Zeta was still o- available. That's old. And uh, they were playing Foo Fighters at that time as well. So it yeah. was kind of like uh, My Hero and uh, Everlong. Yeah, of course. So after that, I kind of fell off the bus. Yeah, I mean, but that happens. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure there was a lot of Foo Fighter burnout. I just stopped listening to rock music for a few years. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I got back into it, I was like, oh, I'm straight metal. Like, uh, and I'm, I'm kind of over that. I'm yeah. just kind of moving my way through like the, the genres almost as like phases. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still kind of like everything, but yeah, you know, yeah. definitely something's more than others. So, so when I came back to Foo Fighters uh, for Wasting Light, I was just like super pleased. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just super happy because that was a lot of it was still very new to me. Right. You know, um, and, and Wasting Light was a good album. Also an album from a band that's been a band for... 25 years yeah. approximately rough napkin math not even just off my face math and um there was a comment where some uh some parents they were having uh their kids listen to the album as well and this particular song uh the kids like hey it sounds like he's saying we got a wet goat <laughs> i mean now that you say it like that's what i hear you but cannot unhear you it. You can't unhear it. All right, so let's go into Long Defeat. I love this song. The Long Defeat is a beautiful, well-crafted song, in my opinion. Uh, and it definitely conveys the emotion that Dustin is trying to to sing in this. Fun fact, Dustin doesn't write the lyrics until all those songs are done. So he's like racing against time to to compose. The but at lyrics. the same time, I'm assuming they have more or less the melody and all that. They have what? The, more or less the melody and all that. Yeah, like they yeah, have yeah. the vocal line, but yeah. not, just not the actual vocals. Yeah. Okay. It's it's definitely a beautiful song. I think it's a callback to one of their songs from the Visu album. Um, I think it's a uh, to stand where I forgot what's called. I'm messing it up, and I'm a thrice fan, huge thrice fan. Uh. Let me look it up really Well, quick. I mean, the album that I suggested, I'm not super familiar with because it's pretty new. So you're going to look good in comparison. <laughs> um, kind of like of Destinations, actually. That or Stand and Feel Your Worth. Um, it kind of has that feeling to me. Um, it's just a beautiful song in, in general. And I definitely like how the the song carries on. It definitely has a nice progression chord-wise. Um, and just at the end... Um, well, this little uh, percussionist kind of guitar riffy lead mm-hmm. is, I think, very reminiscent of hardcore as well. Right. Um, like a minimalist hardcore, if you could dig that. Yeah. And the thing is, uh, I was watching actually an interview that Dustin was doing... I think for, uh, I think it was for Ernie, Ernie Ball Strings. Sure. And uh, they were talking about his tones and stuff. And um, he was talking about how he never saw himself as a real guitarist. He always saw himself as a singer instead. But over the years, he kind of uh, started finding uh, artists that were singers and guitar players. And he started seeing himself that way as well. And he was always uh, found them, found an interest in the rhythm part. So he helped craft the rhythm to to songs as well. Not not only just the percussionist. That's great. Riley. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm yeah, I'm not sure if we're listening to this. Also, uh, I think I'm not sure if it's playing live with the recording. But definitely at the end, of this part. Um, it's a nice. We're like two minutes. We're two thirty nine in yeah. right now. Like around the end, uh, it's it's chanting, it's chanting, but like, like um, you don't have the group vocals, but it's still a chant, like anthem, like yeah, something you know. that you as a listener can really get behind. Yeah, 
you, know, and, like you learn the words to it and like you feel good you participate yeah and actually i went to the show in orlando and and it, i did that too like like he started getting away this part at the end where he starts fading away to reproduce that live he actually steps away from the mic and he starts belting it out as loud as he can and he steps away further and further from the crowd to give that illusion of you know fading away that's tremendous that's really cool and it's just beautiful because you know you're hearing that fading but at the same time you're hearing you know the the crowd just singing along you know yeah I, I, their, their shows are always an experience and you know i definitely love uh going to their shows i mean that's definitely the difference between bands that kind of hang around and bands that last and have fans essentially forever yeah definitely and um i think with their with currently at, as as we speak uh they're um they're gaining more traction um i think they're gaining more fans because uh, i remember post uh their last show a lot of people uh or actually post their announcement of their of them going to their hiatus people started going oh i can't believe i just heard of, of them and they're just going on their hiatus now why me why is this happening to me it happens to everybody man yeah um, there's some point where you hear about something beautiful after it's gone. Yeah. That's happened to me. Uh, like when I was into metal, I was really big into metal around, uh, Oh one, Oh two, Oh three. And right. I found out about a lot of bands through the internet from Europe. Pause, that just pause the track. I'm sorry. Stopped for becoming bands by the time I started listening to them. They're just like, we're done. Or they just changed their music drastically and I couldn't, I couldn't be into it anymore. Mm. So, I mean, I definitely know what that feels like. Yeah. Um, uh, so that current track that's playing, that's kind of an interlude, uh, Sinaka, uh, it, it was written by Riley, the drummer. So they're like, hey, Riley, here, have a guitar, write something. Sounds cool. And uh, he wrote that. He's mostly into the whole post-rock genre. That's wonderful. I love post-rock. And um, another fun fact is that um, he actually came up with a bunch of melodies for the... Their the Alchemy Index album, um, especially for their their Water album. Their Water album uh, used some of his um, solo stuff that he writes. Sometimes he posts uh, the tracks to his personal Bandcamp, and I've listened to it and I've heard um, like the the progressions, the chord progressions go how they go into uh, the direction of where the Alchemy Index was going. And it's, it was pretty interesting. I definitely love love that little callback that he did. But yeah, Sanaka is definitely, although it is an interlude, and it's the first time, in my opinion, that actually they've done an interlude, a proper one, um, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Not like, uh, like back in my day, uh, the post-hardcore bands were doing interludes that were like piano and like some rain and stuff. Of course. Um which I kind of look back in hindsight, and they're kind of cheesy. Yeah, I mean, but they're also like 19-year-old kids that a record company is like, we're going to give you all this money, but not really. Have fun. Yeah. Um, the, the business is complicated, and I think that um, does inform a lot of decisions that your artists, especially young artists, uh, may make. So, I mean, there's a lot of music that I don't necessarily agree with or don't like, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, I, I can't fault those kids. Yeah. Because uh, maybe that's what they like, or maybe that's kind of what they were pushed into. And, you know, as outsiders, we don't, we'll never know. Yeah. Um, so do you want to go through the the rest of them, or do you want to kind of hit the highlights? Or um, 
Yeah, let's try to hit the highlights. Okay. Adam. So Black Honey's next. What do you feel about that? Uh oh, play play Black Honey so I can uh, Black Honey was was a song that they released as a music video. The direction for the music video, I didn't know where it was going with it. It was cool, but I didn't know the direction. However, the song is a fantastic song. It's, uh, in my opinion, it feels like a callback to their song uh, uh, from from Visu. I the, believe, the image in the image of the invisible. I believe I've heard that song because I heard this one. I was like, I feel like I've heard this before. Right. But it, I mean, also it was a single, so maybe I just caught it by accident. Yeah. Because uh, like Pedge is loves the rice and yeah. stuff like that, so I, it's around like our office as well. Yeah. So it's definitely a song. Like if you listen to it, you know Dustin's talking about. Uh, in my opinion, because obviously it's, we're never going to get what the artist truly meant unless they go on the record. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say never, but until um, he says it. Yeah, exactly. Until he goes on to the record. Um, like, I feel like he's trying to say that uh, that we're going to do whatever we want, you know. Uh, we're going to do whatever we want, but obviously uh, I it's in the sense of, like, we're going to, uh, we want to succeed and, you know... Uh, we're going to do whatever it takes to do that, you know? Um, mm, yeah, and then I think he's also trying to portray that um, that uh, sometimes they'll, they won't get it right even though they do whatever they want. Um, but they they learn from, from, you know, people learn from their mistakes, uh, and that, uh, I believe, you know, people grow trying to do that. Um, it, I feel the song is definitely like an anthem. It's a beautiful song, especially kind of when they go to the final bridge to do the build up. It's, it's a beautiful yeah, song. Yeah, which is around 250-ish. Yeah. And it's really nice. It's kind of like all the instruments kind of fade out and he's just doing his chant kind of thing. Yeah. And then the drums come and build back up, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's really cool. I think it's a, an anthem that almost everybody can get behind really like, yeah. truly and honestly. Yeah. Um, I, to be honest, I was kind of a little, um, I was a little salty that they released this as a music video at first. Cause, um, when they started releasing journals, like YouTube journals for the studio, um, they always tease the songs uh, with without the vocals. And the first one that was released was uh, Hurricane. I heard it and I immediately fell in love with Hurricane. And when they released uh, Black Honey, uh, I was like, what? Why? I thought they were going to release you know, Hurricane first. But no, I'm really glad that they did. Um, and I think that they always kind of do that. They did that with uh, Major Minor where they released uh, Promises instead of Yellow Belly. So I had the the single discussion like as to what songs should be singles from certain bands. And I had it with somebody about a band who has routinely like 10-minute songs and very complex arrangements and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, changing arrangements. And I'm like, this song is like the worst song on the album. And they're mm -hmm. like, yeah, but it's the only one that has like a main riff. And it just kind of stays more or less the same throughout the song. Mm -hmm. It's also one of the shorter ones. So, I mean, there's there's more that goes into choosing this is going to be my single to promote my album right. than, like, the best song or whatever the case is, right. which is unfortunate. Um, but 
And also, best song can be subjective as well. I mean, it can be. Uh, you know, at least for, you know, the photography that I, I do and stuff like that, most people will comment on pieces that I don't love all that much mm-hmm. and then completely ignore the ones that I really, really, really love, which is just strange. Yeah. So this song, Stay With Me, that's after Black Honey. Um, it's a love song. All right, so we're skipping it. Uh, no, 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 wait. It's <laughs> I believe Stay With Me is a love song. And um, there's nothing much else that can be said, you know. I mean, it's got the nice syncopated drums and mm-hmm. the, the big, long chorus, you know, like powerful. It's good for the chicks, I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um Dustin, Maybe a little bit of Foo Fighters in this. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know. uh, Dustin, however, just as a side note, Dustin normally doesn't really write. I'm not sure if he did this purposely for his wife, but um, he he normally writes music for his wife on his solo stuff. Um, Dustin, Dustin, when he when he writes. He does measure, you know, where he can use certain material. You know, he uses his solo stuff as a as a one platform, and then he uses thrice as another platform. And I think that's really smart. Um, so, I don't know where I stand with uh, "Stay with Me," but regardless, "Stay with Me" is a is a nice, beautiful song. Uh, you know, I think it's definitely a song that if you learn how to play, you could definitely sing it to, you know, your significant other. Um, and I, I personally would love to hear it acoustic played by them. Um, I think it would be a nice rendition. Uh, yeah, it'd be all right. So we're going to jump into Death From Above. Uh, Death From Above. Um... Death from Above happens to be one of one, in my opinion, one out of the two songs that are one of the most political songs in the album. Um, Death from Above kind of sounds like straight Orlando Trailer Park. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's like fucking puddle of mud, blurry. Do you think so? Uh, yeah, like the the arpeggiated chords mm-hmm. and like you know like. I kind of think even the he has like almost an accent in the beginning, like if he's from Orlando. Um, what do you think about the song? Did you? Look I at, don't like the song. Did you look at the lyrics though? No, I didn't. Um, interestingly enough, if I that that's a lot of whiskey. By the way, you're driving home. I know. I'll, I'll okay. I'll take it slow. I mean, if you want, just pour some into my glass. Okay. That might be the the smarter move. All right, carry on. Um, typically political songs already i'm just like this sucks um because there's an agenda that's like not the music mm-hmm. you know and i feel like it's not that it is not pure but it's it's not the same vision that another song or not the same full attention that another song would get right right because they're like we're trying to make a statement and that's primary i don't think he his intention was to make a statement though because Death from Above is not his first political song. Um, there have been other political songs that he's written about. Um, Beggars, a lot of the songs from Beggars, especially the the final song, it's also titled Beggars, um, is a political song. Um, 
there was one called Wooden Wire, which they played live, and they were it was pretty much talking about being in prison and, and just the lifestyle in prison. Um, kind of don't remember at, at at the moment, honestly, the lyrics for the Wooden Wire, but if you listen to the Wooden Wire, it's still a well built song, you know, uh, sonically. Um, and the lyrics are still beautiful as well. It's also a nice song to play live. And they never played it live before this last tour. So it's a beautiful song. Um, but going back to Death From Above. Death From Above, pretty much, uh, Dustin is reflecting uh, about, you know, what I think what America has done uh, um, with, like, the war. Or not necessarily just America in itself. Just any anyone that participates in a war. Um, like he states that he didn't really like he being, you know, the, the person that goes into the war didn't sign up to kill people that they didn't want to play God, uh, and pass judgment on these people. So they're killing people that they don't know and all that. Uh, and he, he like the person, the character kind of laments doing that. And, uh, it's kind of a side that we don't get to see in my opinion from from certain veterans that have come back no i can definitely agree with that um the cynical side of me will be like that's just naivety you know uh that's the way that the world works Mm -hmm. that's the way that people are but uh you know all that aside um you know the people that do serve our country are are doing both great and terrible things uh, for us as people. Uh, right. So, I mean, it's it's definitely complicated. It's definitely a touchy subject. Yeah, it definitely is. Definitely, definitely is. And, I mean, there's uh, many stories of, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder and things like that that end up hurting so many more people than just, you know, uh, the veteran or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know the military's, uh, you know, from secondhand accounts, I know it's a, a really intense experience uh, even if you don't have to you know uh, pull a trigger in anger you know just being there is, is definitely different from the society that that they help protect that we've created so I mean I don't hate the song because it's political or I don't hate the song for its message I just don't like the song as much because I feel like in most cases and in this case maybe the song is secondary to the message Mm-hmm. Right, so like the whole beginning part is just kind of a turnoff for me. Yeah, some, um, I don't really personally. I don't like political songs, uh, you know. But if they have a catchy tune, because like Thrice is also like most of, the, of their songs from Visu, um, have been put in the religious light. I mean, that would kind of make sense from the name of the album and stuff like that. I believe that there's a Indian uh, uh, Hindu uh, relationship there. I, I believe so. I don't recall at the moment. Um, but, uh, you know, I th- it's... Honestly, I, I, I don't know. But, um, like, I don't mind. I don't mind because Thrice knows how to construct... A good song yeah for sure i mean and uh regardless of the lyrics it's still a good song 
obviously they're not going to write shit lyrics, but yeah. uh, it's still well thought out. Now there are other uh, bands that are that kind of didn't start as a political political band, but then they kind of shifted towards that trend. I can think of two like major names that they hit a political album, mm-hmm. and I just like I I hate you guys now. Yeah, that happened to me. That happened to me with. Um, Interestingly enough, I'm gonna I'm gonna drop Incubus here. Really, that album had actually some of their best work and some of their worst work, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Well, we're never gonna have Incubus as the guest here, so nope. fuck those guys. <laughs> uh, so for me. It was uh, Enter Shikari. Um, That's Enter- a deep cover. I don't even know what the fuck you're saying. Are, are you a, a Cardassian? Is this Star Trek? Like, what the no. fuck is happening? No, no, no. Um, Enter Shikari was a... Oh, is currently is a... Uh, kind of like a... It's a hardcore slash electro band. Um, By the way, just saying that makes me hate you a little more. I know, but this was this was like... Before I met you, I was lost. Okay. Um, and they kind of, and Tishikari kind of went into a political dark direction and it just didn't leave a good taste in my mouth. So I was like, you know, you guys do your thing. It's cool. But this is where I, I kind of, you know, stopped. So going back to Thrice. Um, yeah. Death from above. Whistleblower. Is this political? Wh- Whistleblower is the other next political song. What do you? Just by the name of the song, you can kind of get that. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip through a little bit. Whistleblower, what do you think whistleblower is about? I I don't care. You don't care. I already hate this part. <laughs> whistleblower, uh, for me, it's uh, I can see the ties of where um, it was. I, it's he's also not talking directly about Edward Snor Snorer. Snorden. Sorry, Snorlax. Sn- Edward Snorlax. <laughs> <laughs> Get some fucking Pokeballs and walk around Russia looking for Edward Snorlax. He's not talking about <laughs> Edward S- Snowden, um, but I think he's talking in general about most whistleblowers. Um, and you know about whistleblowers that take the risk and they stand up oh yeah no they, that's they that's stand, a valid message they stand for what they truly believe that's and, a completely valid message and if you know if it's mostly you know if the whistleblower believes that the american public should you know hear what their government not just the american people or the american government just any 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 citizen of any government uh people will bring this into light because obviously, you know, nobody, nobody should be left in the dark. You know, I, I strongly believe I'm not a political person, but I strongly believe that the people should not be afraid of the government. It should be the other way around. The government works for the people. I agree with that. But at the same time, people, as I know them as a group, as, a, as an entity, are the dumbest fucking things in the world. This is true. So... For things that require finesse, subtlety, subterfuge, you do have to hide things from people. However, I think the turning point in this particular conflict was the fact that, uh, you know, what what he whistled blue 
was uh, spying on U.S. citizens. Right. Essentially, mass spying, spying on mm-hmm. everybody, which is fucked. So I'm, I agree with that completely. You right. know, that's fine. But it doesn't make the song any better in my eyes. To me, I think, uh, if you mind pausing it before it goes into the next song, uh, for me, Whistleblower is definitely a song uh, that rings close to my heart. Because uh, definitely, you know, I'm a private person. I've, I, I, or at least I have become a private person recently. You know, I value my privacy. I, I no longer have uh, a Facebook account. Um, cause I got, I just got tired of that. And then there's so many people like the, not only the drama, but so many people like they post unnecessary things. Like, you oh, don't, Facebook sucks. Yeah. Facebook it, fucking sucks. Like you don't need to post that you're shitting on the toilet or that, you know, you don't need to post, you know, your dramatic life or anything like that, you know, um, social media like anything on the internet kind of takes its own life you can't craft it to however you want it to be like as as a creator i think uh mark zuckerberg probably meant it to be one thing but then you know he saw that facebook kind of took uh its own shape its own life and it became what it is today yeah i mean that was a a a monster that came to be i actually remember uh when i was first introduced to the concept of Facebook, I couldn't even log in because it wasn't at my university. I didn't have an EDU account at mm-hmm. the appropriate, uh, you know, institution. So, I mean, that was definitely interesting. And the way it was pitched to me, it was like a, a friend of mine at the time, he's like, hey, this is a real cool thing. You post every class you're in, right? And then you can meet up with the people in your classes, exchange notes, study groups, whatever, talk to them, which, you know, subline is like talk to people that you want to fuck, which is great. You know, this is college, like, that's what it's for. Yeah. So he definitely hit that target market, but I think that the public took the, maybe the people that you want to fuck thing and run with it. And then they need to make money somehow. So they need to, you know, add support the shit out of it. There's a lot of uh, commercialism in that as well. Yeah. But um, I think we just went off the rails here. Uh, I mean, we did. We yeah. Did, but that's fine. Um, Whistleblower, definitely, definitely to me, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's about standing your ground and what you believe in and not just because you're getting paid a, a, a lofty salary by a government inti- institution, uh, for your work, uh, just to stay hush about, you know, what they're doing, um, kind of, kind of rings a a, a bell for me oh yeah no i mean it does for me too just i don't like the song song wise i i think it's it, it's, it's fine it's it to me it's a it's a beautiful song i like okay it. well maybe I, you're wrong maybe it's you're fine. wrong it's fine that's the best i could say about it it's fine <laughs> okay next song salt and shadow i got plenty of salt you are salty right now salt and shadow I'm going to skip through this fucking love scene over here. Yeah. It's a long ass song. It's uh, six minutes and it is nothing actually happens. It's about a minute and a half in. Yeah. Salt and shadow to me kind of, uh, is a callback to their sonnets that they did for the alchemy index. 
uh, which kind of had that that structure. They kind of didn't do anything at first. Sometimes they did. Sometimes it wasn't, depending on the theme. Um, definitely, this kind of calls back to particularly Silver Wings, which was from the Air album. Um, the song is pretty interesting. It talks about how, you know... We're, we're together as people, and yet we're still so far away. You know, in what sense? In the sense that, like, you and me, we're right here, right now, but, you know, I could be on my phone and I'm like looking at something else. So I'm in a different part of the world, okay. essentially. Okay. Um, he pretty much, the way I see it, I believe, like, he. He's reflecting at the state of how people are. Um, people are always looking at their phones. They're not relishing in the moment. And they're missing out at what's there at that time. And that's that's a strong message, in my opinion. Um, and it, go- it, it, it goes back to also, like, concerts as well, man. Like... Nowadays, people like before people were all about the lighters and everything. Nowadays, people are about recording. You see, like a bunch of little blocks recording a video. Sometimes, so they- that's an interesting question, and, and I don't necessarily share the exact same opinion that most uh, music enthusiasts do. Mm-hmm. Most music enthusiasts are like, "Oh, this is the worst thing ever!" Like nobody's participating. So, in the concerts that I've gone to traditionally, I feel like a lot of the tone of the concert course has been more reserved. They're just kind of like trying to like play it cool and just nod their head a little bit, not mm-hmm. like act like they want to like be there. Right. Uh, whereas I'm going fucking crazy. Like I pulled a back muscle when I saw Deftones in Miami Beach and I was in the seated area. That's pretty brutal. I was in the seated area. That was pretty brutal. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really feeling the, you know, the energy of the live performance. I actually really love, uh, a lot of the bands that I really love are actually excellent, excellent, excellent live. So mm-hmm. that's, that's been a plus for me. Mm. But I've also been one to want to record these to kind of keep that. Yeah. Like, you know, like I don't want to lose that. That memory is so good. Right. It's understandable. That's that's why the people record it because of the memory. But other people are upset. They're like, they're not enjoying it. They're just recording it. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. They want to enjoy it forever. Right. You and- know? I haven't I haven't sat there and recorded an entire concert, but I've maybe recorded a song or two. So, um, I hate to interrupt your thought, but here at the exit, it's, I think it's a beautifully constructed because reverse guitar, it's reverse guitar part of hurricane. Oh shit. Fuck. You just blew my mind. You just blew my mind. So mind blown. If you listen to it on like your iPod or your iPhone, because fuck, iPods, iPods don't exist anymore. You're right. You, um, if you listen to it on your smartphone, you have a, the album looped. It fades away. You're playing the reverse of Hurricane. And it fades away, and it goes into Hurricane again, and it's a perfect cycle. That's crazy. Yeah. Um. Uh. It's. That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. But the thing is, I think what they did is that. They played, they got the notes of the entry, entry of Hurricane and they played it backwards on, on the piano and then they reversed it. Yeah, but it's still that, like things like that, I, I definitely appreciate. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, it, like, you know, 
let's finishing up salt and shadow salt and shadows it's the message of salt and shadow it's a good message to me it kind of tells you hey you know you gotta you can you can take pictures you can you know view things on your phone but also you know enjoy enjoy what's there because even like all things fade regardless uh i mean maybe I think the the era that we live in now, and, and we're kind of unique in it, we're, the, we're actually like the first generation or the tail end of the first generation. I don't know how generations actually break up, but we're a group of people who have essentially grown up with the internet. Yeah. Whereas kids now are born into the age of the internet. Like kids younger than us were just born into that. They expect that. But we knew the difference of mm-hmm. not having it and having it. But we had it at a young age. Um. You, you kind of sound like Bane right now. Oh. <laughs> I can't even think of a Bane line. I can't think... Uh, yeah, I can't think of it. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it in a little bit. Um, but... Um, where was I going with this? Holy shit. Um, uh, oh, right. So we, we've seen the difference, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know that any single one of us would go backwards. The romanticism of that, uh, which anything 80s coming of age is definitely a callback to. So mm-hmm. things like Stranger Things, where, you know, kids are just left unsupervised to, you know, have adventures and things like that. Right. That's generally not a thing anymore mm-hmm. because of the internet. Because of the prevalence of violence and crime and all that and the availability of that information or, or maybe not even the availability, but the targeted distribution of it Mm -hmm. because that's what gets clicks and clicks make ad money. Yeah. And that's what pays the bills and keeps the lights on at newspapers and news stations. So it's, it's definitely complicated, but I don't know that any one of us would ever go backwards on purpose. Sometimes like at night I'm upset, I'm frustrated and I'm like, I wish I could. But then, you know, in the light of day, I look back on it and I'm like, maybe not. Yeah. You know, maybe not. So it's it's definitely a, a different thing for us. Uh, Dustin, I believe, is a little older than us. He's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. So, I mean, he definitely had more of the... Of that experience. Yeah, of the experience of growing up probably early 80s or whatever the case is and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, um, compared to me, Dustin is seven years older than me, so... Yeah, so he's like, what, like four years older than me or something like that? Yeah. You know, that's fine. But that's that's kind of... That's kind of in in the in the realm. Like mm. he's definitely seen both ends of it. Yeah. Because you know he got the internet probably at a relatively young age, but yeah. not not so, not as young as we did. Um. So moving on. Uh, I think we should take a break. I think we should check the recorder and maybe get some water. Or whatever wait, the case wait. Is. I think. Wait. I want to do some closing notes of, We're of not the gonna, album. Okay. You want to do some closing notes? Are you sure? You want of you the don't album wanna, of the album. You don't want to make sure that we get those closing notes. You just want to freestyle it and see what happens. Yeah. Let's see. Because I don't know. I don't know. I don't believe that that's gonna, that that I don't believe that it's recording. <laughs> that thing is amazing. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're gonna. Fine. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to check to see if we've been recording or if we've been just talking shit for the last hour. <laughs> uh, 45 minutes. But 45 minutes. I mean, okay, fine. fine it's fine. still a significant amount of time. Yeah, let's see. All right. We'll cool. be right back. Yeah. But uh, we were just listening to uh, Being Everywhere is Being Nowhere. To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. To Be Everywhere is To Be Nowhere. Yeah. I, I kind of loved it, you know, when they, when they tease the name to the album 
they took the first letter of every word in the title. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, and they, they made that as a hashtag, and everyone was trying to guess what the title was. Sounds like it could be difficult. Yeah, it kind of was, but I think there was this one guy that got it really close. I don't remember who he was, but he was one of the... I think one of the guys Did from... Did he say to be everyone is to be no one? Because I would have just given it to him at that point. I was I really like, you got this, bro. So, like, I think so, but he was one of the residents of the... Either it was the Thrice uh, hashtag on Twitter, or it was the, uh, the subreddit for Thrice. <clears throat> I don't remember off the top of my head, but... Uh, he got close. He or she got close. So they got close. They got close. Uh, so kudos to that person who got got close. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's a very difficult challenge. Yeah, you understand. There's over 144,000 uh, words in the English language. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously they can't go in any random ass order. But if you're talking about an album name, maybe they could go in any random ass order. Yeah. So that's a, a, a tall order for uh, trying to figure out. Yeah. So, closing notes to be everywhere is to be nowhere. Um, I personally am a fan of albums that are constructed as if it were a story. Like, it, it, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. Sure. The I, concept album is your thing? Mm, sure. Sure, for the lack of a better word, yeah. Okay. Um... But definitely, I I see this album to be to have that. It has a beginning, has a middle, has an end. Um, I'm personally I'm not a fan of <clears throat> of singles. I like hearing the entire work of an of an artist. Oh, for sure. So, yeah. but I mean, sometimes you get an artist that releases like a really badass single on a kind of shitty album. Do you just listen to that song? Depends on the artist. Right. But I mean, Thrice is, is consistently at a high level of art. Yeah. Thrice has never let me down. Right. It's, I, don't, I don't think they've never let any of their real fans down. Yeah. Right. Um, but let's say that uh, Chili Peppers come out with a new album, like the most basic bitch band. Mm-hmm. Literally the most basic bitch. <laughs> Are you going to listen to the whole album every time start to finish? Or is it... You know, Danny California. It's kind of had to be Danny California. Because sometimes, you know, that that's what gets you is that, that single ad. Yeah. You know, they devote maybe too much energy into it or they don't want to show it up with other songs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's complicated. But in this instance, you know, for Thrice, I think listening to the whole thing back to front is definitely uh, worthwhile. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a good progression, in my opinion. Um, what they th- did was in the construction of the album was uh, they even said it in in their studio journals that they tried to cater to vinyl fans. <clears throat> Excuse me. You're gonna have to elaborate there. Did they uh, pre-input the RIAA phono curves into their EQ? <laughs> like, what does that mean? Well, <clears throat> so, um. I'm not sure where the trend started where where one song fades and fades into another song. I don't know where that started. I mean, that's been around for years. Yeah, that's why I'm saying I don't know where that trend started, but they they took that that road and uh certain songs 
fade into other songs. Uh, Senaka was one of those that does fade into the next uh, track. And, uh, that is either Japanese or the Greek philosopher, like Senator. I'm not Roman sure. Off the, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Okay. Or is it just a city in New York? Could be all three. All right. I mean, you're right. You're not wrong. Um, Sanaka actually is the last track of side A on on the vinyl. Um, but Sanaka actually was like after the fifth track on side A, it fades into Sanaka. And then once Sanaka fades, you flip it to Black Honey, you still get the remnants of Sanaka into That's Black nice. Honey. Um, and it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like, I like the whole, you know, they try to do the fade in, fade out. Um, well, I mean, I know I have a, a few records where, like, side two is a song and things like that are, like, two songs of, of the actual record, mm-hmm. not, like, a CD. Um, so... I, I can kind of see where you're going with this. Like they kind of balanced it out side one and side two being a little more full mm-hmm. and also having that carryover so that as you flip, you remember what you were just listening to. Yeah. Yeah. So I get it. That's cool. <laughs> they like try to, they, they definitely try to cater to that. And, um, <clears throat> it, it holds true when you do, when you do salt and shadow. Yeah. Cause it'll hurricane. be the reverse hurricane part. Yeah. I get it. So I it, like it. It's, it's definitely, a beautiful construction that makes sense though um and when definitely when i first heard the entire album uh i i was i had the the fortunate uh timing where i was off on that day when it was released and You're um, getting off of them right hmm? getting off <laughs> orgasm because yeah no, no no i know i understand okay. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna explain the joke so that okay. it's funnier that way <laughs> Okay, so yeah, I was I had the 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 good timing where I was off of work, and um, <clears throat> I listened to I listened to the album, and it was definitely well constructed, and I I got I got chills when I heard the ending uh, to Salt and Shadow. Did you notice right away that it was the reverse guitar part of it? I did. Okay, I did. Well, I mean, you've been listening to it for a little while with the teasers and all that. Yeah. So I guess you were a little more familiar with it. Yeah, but the thing is, I never expected that from Thrice. Well, Thrice has never done that before. I don't fucking expect that from anybody. That's genius. Yeah. Um, I th- like it. It was definitely beautiful. I loved how they did that. Um, it's just an ongoing loop. Like literally, if you wanted to, luckily, um, if you wanted to, you could literally just flip the the. Why'd the, you leave your keys up on the table, man? Sorry. You wanted to. Like, literally, you you could flip the, the, the vinyl and just start all over again. I get it, but can you stop doing that fucking song? Because every time you say a phrase from that song, I think of it. Chop suey. <laughs> every time. Nice. Every fucking time. I hate that song. I oh. hate that song so much that it's always in the forefront, like, of my brain. Hmm. Damn. That's that's a lot of hate then. It's a tremendous amount of hate. I wish I was like a Jedi. But I like it's still it's I see it that way. If you literally want to loop the song, oh, it makes fucking sense. Yeah. yeah. If you want to loop the song, if you're a normal human being, you see it that way. Yeah. If you want to loop the if song, if you don't see for, it that way, you're wrong. Yeah. 
if you want to loop it forever, you can you can do so regardless if you're listening on on a mobile device or if you're on you know you're enjoying a nice time off on on, on a record player. Yeah. Flip it, start all over. And, and I'm gu- guilty. I'm guilty. I've done that, especially when I finally got the album. Beautiful. Of course. I mean, you know, you first get it, you got to play it out a little bit. Yeah. I'm guilty of that. Uh, I've actually listened to the same song for three days in a row. Hmm. Uh, just on loop. One song. Yeah. Zero fucks. In the office, mind you. People are going crazy. And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I think I've been... I, I think I've had the pleasure of no, that. No, you had like maybe like a day and a half. Oh, okay. No, I did three straight days. I uh, It was Residence by Home. By who? Home. Home? Yeah. Resonance, mm. uh, which was built as a vaporwave song, it's not, but it's a great song nonetheless. Mm. A very uh, chill electronic track. Mm. Um, that was the accompaniment to a badass video that some random ass kid made. That was like how to do chores. It's fantastic. Nice. It's fantastic. I'm I'm not gonna go into it now. I'll send you the link later. Okay. Because um, we're not that kind of podcast where it's like reaction to whatever. Right. Right. Fuck you. Right. Anyway. Um, closing notes, definitely thrice, uh, to be everywhere is to be nowhere. Uh, I fully recommend it to anybody that listens to thrice, um, or, um, it's, it's definitely a lighter song, uh, not lighter song, sorry, lighter from hardcore or anything. You know, if, I think if you listen to like pop music, I think, I think you can get into Thrice, at least to this album, because uh, Thrice uh, always invited anyone and everyone to their shows. So, um, like, it's a good entry point, especially for new fans. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, Do I recommend it for anybody that would get it on a vinyl record? Definitely. Definitely, I, I would. I love vinyls, and in the sense of, like, having that interaction with the records um definitely would recommend it especially if you have a nice setup yeah i mean of course hmm. uh the album is is it's definitely far from a bad album like the furthest from it am i a huge fan of it not necessarily but i do appreciate it for what it is i'm not a huge thrice fan as most people would advertise themselves but i'm also not an easy listening fan either right i feel like this is definitely one of their more accessible ones i'm mm-hmm. a fan of their maybe least accessible or second least accessible mm-hmm. so that's kind of where i go when it comes to thrice right but i do think it's a good album yeah i def- do think that especially with a lot of the insight that you just told me now it's th- very thoughtfully crafted yeah and those are important things to me as a listener which maybe I haven't paid so much attention to as I should have. Um, so I definitely appreciate the uh, detailed look into the album. Because I actually appreciate it a little more now. Yeah. Um, I do think that there are uh, influences that can be seen. There's a l- tiny bit of hardcore that's not so hardcore. Yeah. But it's just like, hey, this happened. Yeah, you this know, happened. Like we, you... we were kind of a part of this, but it's fine. <laughs> you you kind of had to have a, a, a nice look at their past as well right. to fully enjoy it yeah, in my opinion for sure um, um but you know there's also a styling that is similar to uh foo fighters wasting light which is maybe one of the best rock albums to come out in several years mm-hmm. several years it's a fantastic album songs that sound like that are 
fantastic songs, really. I mean, I would not be opposed to seeing Foo Fighters and Thrice together. Oh, the world would implode, probably. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they toured with Analysis Leaders was pretty epic. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and to think I've seen I've seen Analysis Leaders almost as like almost the same amount of times I've seen Thrice is mind-boggling. That's insane to me because I've seen Animals three times. I've and seen they've I've blown seen, me away every I've time. I've seen them seven times. Yeah. Good for good performance, but that's, yeah. that's another like Analysis Leaders is definitely another story. Yeah, for another, for another day. day. Uh, yeah. So definitely, what are your thoughts? No, like I said, it's it's a good album. It's not my favorite. It's not my favorite band. It's not my favorite styling per se, but it's definitely a solid album. Mm-hmm. If you're a collector, pick it up. It's a, a nice album to have if you're a collector. It's a nice album to listen to. Um, if you're interested in new music, pick it up. You don't have to buy the vinyl. You can, you know, get it through whatever streaming media or whatever the case is. I don't know. Do they sell their MP3s on their own? Do they sell through a service? Like mm. iTunes or they sell through through the major distributors like okay. iTunes, Amazon, sure, Google yeah. Music. You know, so pick up their stuff. Yeah, uh, definitely pick up their stuff. And and definitely give it a shot. This album is really accessible, and I think most people will like it. They may not love it, but they'll be into it. Yeah, you know? they actually have B sides to it, and they their B sides are are always good. They have like one or two B sides that I. I was a part of their uh, AMA on their on the post hardcore uh, subreddit, and so I think maybe let's let's pump the brakes a little bit for the younger kids. I think we might have to explain what a B side is. So because I definitely remember what a B side. Yeah, is. okay. A so, uh, a B side is a, a song that didn't at least from what I've seen. Okay, in my so experience, I don't think even you know what a B side. No, 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 no. But and a B side is a song that did not make it to the album. So. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it back real far. When you used to buy singles on tape or on records, uh-huh. right? Singles like a single, like Coolio Fantastic Voyage single. That that's the only song on the tape. You would get like several versions of it, mm-hmm. but occasionally on the B side of the tape or the B side of the record, you would get different songs that were not gonna appear on any full albums. Ooh, okay. And this is a trend that has continued. There's a couple bands that have done that on their singles where they'll release a B-side with it, but nobody buys them anymore. Right. So they're very rare, but they're still called B-sides. Like the B-side became the name for a song that didn't quite make it to the album. Right. So, so that that that's where that usage comes from, but it came from the fact that you would buy a single tape or a single record, and on the opposite side of that song that you bought, there was different songs that you were never going to hear anyway else. So... I wasn't wrong. You're, just, you're not wrong, okay. but that's not like the origin. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Fair enough. You know, it's like tilt. I had a I had a, a big argument uh, with one of the guys in my office about tilt and being on tilt and mm-hmm. being tilted. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that is. He's like, it's from poker. And I'm like, no. Pump the brakes. That's from pinball machines. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Where definitely. when you're too aggressive with them, they say tilt, and then all your paddles disable, and your ball like goes out. Yeah. You know. So that's why poker uses that mm-hmm. because you get so emotionally. Uh, upset or angry or involved that your your senses like your logic fails you and essentially your paddles become disabled and you just continue to lose right okay so all right yeah definitely i recommend it mark recommends it if you're a collector yeah no if, if you just want to listen to some new music or if, if you're just kind of an easy listening person definitely check it out it's not inaccessible it's good it's 
got some you know harder parts some softer parts it's got a good balance yeah uh, it's definitely a good album uh especially you know recording wise these guys have been doing it for many years yeah they're good musicians they're they're good studio engineers that they work with and all yeah. that definitely i think it's a definitely a good introduction to newer fans because it's kind of like a new phase of thrice because they did come back of a, oh absolutely a absolutely so if you listen to this and and identity crisis or illusion of safety you're gonna be like is this the same band yeah yeah definitely which i mean that's part of why i maybe like it a little less because i really like illusion of safety mm-hmm. please tell me how much this failed into comparison of that famous pivot you've always mentioned oh to me. they they don't pivot so hard they pivot a couple of times <laughs> But it's like a, a 20 degree per pivot versus 180 degree, you know, like. So the pivot that Mark is talking about is that uh, Mark really loves the song in years to come. Uh, actually, every song on that album pivots just about, if not every single one. <laughs> no, seriously. Okay, yeah, yeah. But but in years to come, it's like, boom, in your face, pivot. The entire song changes. In the middle of the song, it just, it's a different song. Yeah, and definitely, I had the the... I wouldn't say luxury. I've had, I think I would consider honor of actually listening to the song live. Yeah. And I hear that pivot. That pivot, that pivot kicked me in the face. This is like a, a contextuality that gives you goosebumps. Yeah. When you hear it and when you hear it live, even I'm thinking about it now. In a little bit, I have goosebumps. Yeah, dude. I'm not even going to lie. I'm not a huge Thrice fan. I'm not. And the thing is that they didn't play a lot of uh, Illusion of Safety material on they their list. They never do, though. Well, but, I mean, they're, they're an older band, yeah, a different yeah. band. You know? Yeah. Um, they kind of do the throwback for Illusion of Safety either on their closing songs before uh, it was the it was Deadbolt because everyone's like, oh, Deadbolt, Deadbolt. Deadbolt's good. You know? Yeah, Deadbolt is what shot them into the stratosphere. Yeah, you know, but um, it's also... Like, maybe one of the more basic songs. Ever. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, yeah, I was one of those guys that always chanted Deadbolt. Well, it's a good song. Yeah. That's like but, fucking you know, if battery. You, yeah. If you move forward... It's there, like oh, Sandman. Do, it's like yeah, Sandman. Yeah. If if you move forward, you, there's also To Awaken Revenge the Dead. There's also The Bettsville Crucible. Oh, with, I love The Bettsville Crucible. Which they've never played completely live. Also they've, love Mask of the Red Death. They've played... They've only played the Bettsville Crucible partially. Fuck. And I would love to hear them ever, like, I would love to hear them play the Bettsville Crucible live. It's a, it's a beautiful song. Definitely a beautiful song. My friend actually asked them on their AMA um, if, it, if listening to Bettsville Crucible live was a pipe dream. And they're like, we've played it live. We've done it, like, uh, just parts, but not entirely. And I see it, like... If they would, I imagine that they would play it as like an encore, like starting encore. Like a, maybe like a medley kind of thing? Kind of. Cause like so, the, cause uh, it, Porcupine Tree, I'm sorry to just fucking kill your story here. Thanks, But man. Porcupine Tree, uh, I saw them for The Incident, mm-hmm. and they played the entire album of The Incident, the mm-hmm. entirety. But they also hate some of their older songs. They were literally the only band. So mm-hmm. it was an hour and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. And they did, um, they started out with Russia on Ice, which is a slower song, beautiful song, and off their their favorite album of mine, Light Bulb Sun. But they transition into anesthetize off uh, Fear of a Blank Planet. And like that intercontextuality, like these are two albums and two songs that I love. Like this was amazing. And then I even like tweeted at them and they're like, wipe their ass with it because I'm an idiot. <laughs> 
but it was it was wonderful. It was really cool. So I can see them doing that live, mm-hmm. right? Because they pivot. Essentially, every song on Illusion of Safety is two songs, mm-hmm. pretty much. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say 100%, but I'm not looking at them right now. Right. I'm not listening to them. If I want to go back, I'll give you an exact number. Uh, but it, it's a significant chunk of the album, if not all of it. Right. So when you're playing two songs for every song, and maybe you have another couple of songs that pivot the same way or similar ways, maybe not as strong, but have those definite beginning and, and ending parts or uh, part A, part B, and you start mixing those up for people at the show that know all these songs, know their relationships uh, with their first parts, with their second parts, in their albums, and so on and so forth. That's a big uh, win as a performer. That's a big feeling yeah. that you can impart upon this audience that's so familiar with your work. Yeah. And, you, and yeah, you're right. The Illusion of Safety does does pivot a lot. But uh, like I said earlier, amongst the other stories... That's a story for another day. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, so do wait, just do wait, wait. Where, 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 where was I? Uh, let me let me just finish it up. Okay. Um. Actually, I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I think you were just saying it's great, and we'd recommend it. Yeah, it's definitely recommended. Good yeah, album. Recommend it. Check it out. Um, Listen oh, to it. they like they are going on a new tour soon. Oh, nice. Um, and uh, they announced that they're releasing a new variant. Um, it, it doesn't is, matter. Doesn't matter. It, it doesn't uh, fucking matter to the collectors and diehard fans of Thrice. I mean, yes, yeah, but it's not going to make you a better person. True, it's with not going to make it's not going to make you a better like, person. You know, caveat. But it's if you're not com- make you a if you're person. a completionist, do it. Yeah. Um, for me, I'm kind of like it's tour only, right? You have to be yeah, there. It's tour only variant, or and that like, pisses me pay off. Pay out the ass on eBay. Yeah, or pay off up the ass on eBay because uh, for for me, unfortunately, they won't be coming down to Florida. <laughs> so the shitty part is that Thrice is a decently well-known band with a really strong fan base. Had they been a lesser well-known band, you could probably get that tour variant for just a normal price. Yeah, definitely. Like I got a Between the Barrier and Me European tour variant for less than the American actual version mm-hmm. costs. Yeah. It was a parallax sequence one. Nice, you know. But yeah, I will definitely, you know, if if you are not gonna be in the area where they're closer to the tour stops, and you know you have the time and the financial needs of of meeting those requirements of going to the tour, definitely do it. Pick up the, the vinyl. Uh, if you haven't picked up the previous ones, well, I mean, I've I heard one of their live albums and they're fantastic. Yeah, live. they're really good. Yeah, they're extremely good. Mm, so, you um, know, if you can make it to one of those shows, do so. Yeah, and the thing is that on the last al- the last tour that they they did to promote to be everywhere, to be nowhere, they actually had a tour variant as well. Oh shit! Yeah, I was lucky enough to p- pick it up. Because well, as I soon mean, as you were there the whole time, right? Yeah, I, I, as soon as the doors opened, I ran to to the merch table and I picked up the the variant. Sure. Um, and I plan on doing this, and I plan on going to California to do the final show, uh, on the last leg nice. of the tour. So, uh, it it will definitely be a treat. Yeah, I definitely sure. want to do that. So hopefully, if anybody is out there in SoCal and you're listening to this, uh. I definitely hope to meet up with you guys again. Uh, yeah, let's have a good time. Cool. Uh, moving on. 
uh, Mark recommended to listen to the newest uh, Russian Circles. Yeah, it's called album. Guidance. It's called Guidance. Guidance. So this song, uh, this album doesn't have a lot of vocals, so I think we're going to... Does Russian Circles... Uh, they're a three-piece. They're a three-piece, but do they provide a lot of vocals for their bands? No, they have no vocals. No vocals on all their albums? I believe so. I, I, I'm thinking maybe I'm fucking up here hard, and maybe there's vocals on this album. But it's not any of the, the band members. No. It would no, be like a session. No vocals. Okay. No vocals. Um, so I've you, seen Russian Circles live. Okay. And they are fantastic live. But that's a, a, a visceral performance. Um, and we're going to, ourselves, we're going to kind of go through some of the songs. Okay. On our B channel. So you're not going to hear them as listeners, but I mean, feel free to follow along. Um, but my point is that there are some motifs that come from uh, uh, the previous album, Empros, mm-hmm. which is another fantastic album. Okay. And these are a, a thinking man's kind of metal, uh, post-metal, like an isis but different. Um, I, I don't see Russian Circles as a metal band or even a post-metal band. So this it, album is not a good example of that. Empros right. was a perfect example of how fucking metal they are. Okay. Because I, I see them definitely more towards the post-rock This album direction. Is, is more in that direction. You're correct. Um, and I'm a big fan of post-rock. Yeah, definitely. I love post-rock. Um, so you would consider them post-metal, typically. Uh, so the first album... Uh, the, oh, Jesus Christ. The first song, uh, Asa? Asa? I don't a- know how to pronounce that. Asa, A-S-A. Uh, if, if Russian Circles is ever listening to this podcast, which it's... A- I apologize. Yeah, we apologize, and then please, please correct us, or any of but, our uh, listeners, please yeah. correct us. Um, typically, their albums in the past have been centered around locations. Um, so there was an album, Geneva, and stuff like that, and they have uh, some foreign names in there that I probably won't fucking know how to pronounce. Mm-hmm. Um, Just to be on the safe side, you know, you could try to pronounce them in the Roman way, kind of like Spanish. Cause Asa. Asa, yeah. All right. Because Asa, no, that doesn't sound right. You know, just to be on the safe side, Asa. But yeah, Asa is like a very just kind of calm, meandering is not a ba- in a bad way, but just kind of like exploratory uh, experimentation in guitar that kind of brings you into the album. It's yeah. not anything heavy or anything like that. This album's not as heavy as the previous stuff. So it does that for about four minutes but like I said this is more of a thinking man's kind of music you just kind of have to wait for it to build we're not going to wait for it because it's a fucking entire album long yeah we're going to kind of go through it and, and hit the highlights um, but for people who like to just sit and listen this is fantastic all the songs will cross fade into each other uh, they'll repeat motifs even from previous albums like I said yeah, that's which the, I and- believe in this song is, is where the motif from Empress uh, comes in I think most post-rock bands are 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 infamous about that, that they always carry over a theme to most of the songs. I would say that between albums, it's pretty common. Um, and it's not necessarily limited to post-rock. A lot of progressive bands will do the same thing in their concept albums. Right. Right. Well, they'll have motifs that will come back. Um, a beautiful one, I believe, is uh, Opeth's benighted motif comes back in another song on that album um in a, in a, a more like brutal part so you know you get this really like beautiful kind of acoustic like ar- ar- arpeggio or whatever the fuck it is 
in in a, a place that you weren't expecting it. So like I said, that intercontextuality, where you remember like, oh hey, that's from that song, and I know this, and I feel the feelings of that song, but now I feel the feelings of this song, but also I feel good about knowing this, you know. So we're into uh, Varel now, mm-hmm. and Varel is you know more traditional Russian circles. There are three piece, right? Bassist, guitarist, drummer. Everybody's doing fucking work. Now these guys, as as far as the uh, the string players go the basses and the guitarist do they play the the regular instruments like six string guitar and four string bass i want to say the bassist is like a five or a six string and i want to say the guitar might be a seven or an eight yeah because it's low yeah i think guitarists oh and both guitarists and bassists for post-rock bands there they normally have uh guitars that have seven or eight string or like just more strings than, than i would kind of disagree with you on that part you think so yeah yeah because i feel like um most post-rock bands will end up having two guitars and they'll loop the bassist part mm-hmm. right so the bassist will loop it live mm-hmm. to kind of get that that low end texture right whereas the guitars are more focused on the the melody parts or whatever the case is and they usually have to loop their parts too right um, to, to create like a really lush texture. These guys are three dudes and they just do such great work at, at creating that texture that they have on the album live. Mm, yeah. Um, but the, the, in, in a live setting, that bass is savage. Like it hits you in the chest. It hurts your ears. It is so visceral. Mm. You know, so that bam, 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 that low end it, in concert you will almost feel like you can't breathe. I felt that. I felt that before. You know, and it's just like wonderful and it's distorted and just like it's 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 brutal but not in a way that you would ex- like not in the traditional way. Now, where is it best enjoyed in a live concert setting? In front row, far away, or so I always try to sit in uh, Miami Beach where I saw them in the first row of the seated area. Right. I'm a little older. I'm not trying to fight people to stand up and stuff like that. Plus, you're a giant. I'm also very tall. So standing in the first row of the seated area, I have a perfect view and nobody is fucking with me. All right. I have personal space. I have a view. I can sit if I want. You know, but this, uh, it's really savage. It's like power chords. Right. Like even the bassist is probably fucking playing power chords at this point. Mm hmm. And you'll get one main riff on a song that will just stay stuck in your head for like two days. And you can just nod your head. It's 4-4. Four, four. It's not a, it's not an, a Tosinabasi tier of complexity and virtuosity. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is like a, 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 an almost primal kind of feeling from Russian circles. They're, they, they do so thoughtfully. You know, it's a slow build and, and there's definitely a a concept or a crafting of the album as a whole. But, you know, it's it's definitely different from any other band. I really can't think of anybody that sounds like them or that uh, creates an album like them. Yeah. When I listen to them, I definitely are... Uh, there's no comparison to them, in my opinion. Um, I've listened to Animals and Leaders. I've listened to Caspian. I've listened to Explosions in the Sky. Anybody um, lights at sea, yeah, you know, de- it doesn't matter. Bears in the Yukon, everybody's different. Definitely, yeah. these guys have their own sound to them. Yeah, it's it's a very uniqueness that in 
in post rock and post metal, you might see a lot of similarities between a, a lot of bands, but it's the ones that stand out that are really the uh, ones that you want to listen to. So we jumped into uh, Mota right now, um, which good call in the Latin because I think one of their albums was Names of Cities in Spain, mm-hmm. if I recall correctly. Um, and this is a more accessible uh, tune. Yeah, definitely. When I first listened to this song, it uh, um, it's not like the introduction, but it definitely can uh, pull in the listener. Um, an average listener doesn't necessarily have to be a fan of a Yeah, if you can do 4-4 four, four time and nod your head, you can get into this. Yeah, it's definitely a good song to listen to. I think... You know, this song solidified, uh, to me, Russian Circles as a good introduction band to the post-rock genre. I mean, maybe, uh, you know, because it depends on, on where you end up going in post-rock because right. there's bands that are a lot lighter, mm-hmm. a lot more maybe uh, melody-oriented. Right. Not that they're not, but their melodies are maybe counterintuitive to what you would want to look for in a melody. Mm. So uh, right now there's actually two layered guitar parts. Yeah, you know, yeah. so that's that's kind of the feel is that you get like a long almost uh, ebo, not not ebo, but like a very sustainy, uh, just kind of slow, almost David Gilmorey, you know, not quite so EMG, but you know, you get that in there mm-hmm. on top of like a more percussive, kind of almost tapping uh, guitar part. Right. And then the bass is really laying all the texture at the bottom. Uh, and then the drummer, you know, does his thing, uh, which the drummer's tremendous on this band and a huge part of their live show. If you're not feeling the kick drum in your chest, you're, you may not enjoy it quite as much. Yeah. You, you may not even be alive. Yeah, you may not. So this song may have the, the motif from Empros, mm-hmm. which uh, when I heard it was life-changing. It's just like a super fat just distorted bass like fat 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 and it almost changes your pattern of breathing Mm -hmm. yeah i can see it i couldn't i I couldn't imagine that you know if they are the type of people that have like a specific well thing is that when you listen to bands live they it could either go two ways they are they reproduce the the album in its uh, original form, or they sound much more raw live. Right, but raw is not always good. True, but it really depends on on the recording, uh, the recording method that was used. Either if they overdub or if they do it live. So. Okay, that makes a lot of sense though, because I've heard some bands that are almost spot on. Right. I've heard some bands where you know that they did this part in the studio a couple times or whatever, or like somebody had to detune a guitar while somebody was playing it. Like you can't do that live. No, you can't. You know that that's fine. Yeah, I get that. But I've also heard bands where they're so produced that they don't sound the same. I feel like if Russian Circles is one of those bands that does it live in the studio, it sounds almost exactly like this, but so much more savage. Yeah, you know, definitely. just savage. There's a that's the thing with live performances. There's like. Anything can go on a live performance, and like that's that's the raw aspect of it, um, and you really can't capture that. Like if you try to reproduce what you got on an album, then it's probably not always going to be the best. So they don't 
they they do reproduce it, but I mean, maybe they take an extra measure to be able to loop a guitar part, right, or a bass part, or whatever the case is. But it's essentially what you hear is what you get, mm-hmm. but more, right? You know, just because of being there, mm-hmm. because of feeling it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because the recording is recorded in a way to kind of normalize it and make it sound good for everybody. Mm-hmm. Whereas live, they're I'm not gonna say that they're trying to hurt people, but you might get hurt. Bring earplugs. Yeah, you know. I think I think that's that's a general rule of thumb for every band. You know, and they're also they're they're pretty reserved on their double bass usage and stuff like that. Um, and their their actual guitar tones and their bass tones are very consistent across albums. That's they really good. work with a small number of uh, like sonic tools, sonic utensils. Mm-hmm. So this is the the motif from Empros. Right. They've... This is five and a half minutes in approximately. Right. Oh, okay. So we're still on Mota. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's five and a half minutes in, in Mota. And this is the motif from Empros where the bass just like destroys you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, a, it's similar to the motif from Empros. It's a little different because the Empros one was more bass heavy, but Empros right. was a heavier record. Yeah. Definitely Mota. When I heard it, it was definitely a journey. Yeah, no, so so these songs are more of a journey. They're like six minutes, seven yeah. minutes, you know, that kind and of thing. And you get that mostly with post-rock bands. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, they're not the worst, but they're not the best. Right. But that's fine. I mean, because you're kind of putting the album front to back. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how you listen to these these yeah. bands. Yeah. Uh, because every song fades into each other. The motifs will transfer, repeat, or transform. Um, and you want that history of hearing the songs previous to it. I don't have much hit, uh, much experience with post-rock bands live. The only one I've really had experience with was like a few seconds of Pelican. And uh, was it uh, Ataraxis tour? Did they play After Forever? No. Oh my god! I, I after don't. Forever I don't is... remember. I don't remember to be honest. Because hold like, on a second. When, I'm gonna. I'm it, gonna. I'm gonna find After hold Forever. On, hold on. No, no, hold on. Like the thing is, like when I saw them live, like we can go to Pelican another day. Okay. Um, when I when I saw Pelican. It was when Thrice actually released their Alchemy Index. Okay. And then so, they were actually no. touring with Circa Survive. What year was that? That was like oh six, oh seven. Okay, no, I don't I don't think. Because Pelican has an album called yeah. Ataraxis. Mm-hmm. Which oh, is, so that's 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 pretty early then. No. Their album Oh no, no wait, but like I'm saying like that tour date was pretty early. Um, but yeah, Russian circles, we were just listening to Africa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, not the, God, what's her name? Not the World Cup song. From, uh, what's her name? Shakira. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh God. So in 2013, Pelican released an album called Forever Becoming. Yeah. That is probably their greatest work. So maybe we'll get into that another day. But uh, their song, uh, Deny the Absolute, is one of the most in-your-face, just fuck you riffs and like, ah, of post-rock mm. ever. So, uh, like I was saying, my other experience with uh, post-rock was um, was Animals as Leaders. And Animals as Leaders, uh, at the time when I saw them, they they released their second album, and uh, they they mixed it with their first album. Obviously, they're not gonna try to play their album back to front. You yeah, know? for sure. So, um, 
the the thing is with post rock as far as i know they try to blend every song as well as they can yeah and most post rock bands they like they don't have vocalists right so um it's definitely an interesting approach to see how they transition into songs live yeah and i mean animals as leaders their second album maybe not as strong as their first or third Mm -hmm. but it's still you know good stuff yeah, so we're in Africa now, and it's it's super more accessible to everybody in the world. Yeah. Uh, it's almost like they were listening to Toto, got high, and are like, let's make a song about this. This actually, for me, Africa kind of feels like a little bit of Caspian. Yeah. It's Caspian-esque. Yeah. Uh, there's that, uh, you know, broad, hopeful melody, like this emotional kind of like uplifting. Yeah. Which is kind of traditional to Caspian. Caspian are usually taking on like a, an up and down, like a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah. Uh, based on that lead part. And this is kind of doing that. This is somewhat atypical for them, but that's fine because they're growing as a band, but they're still using, you know, their same guitar tone, their same bass tone, their same drums mm-hmm. uh, to make that happen. So I feel like they're working super well in a limited space of, uh, you know, sonic possibilities because I feel like these guys are, are really about their art. Like Russian circles, if you look in the news or whatever, they're they almost don't show up. Yeah, they essentially show up at a place, play music, and leave, and you never hear from them ever again. Kind of like that. That you know, I, and, and and it's common to post rock. I don't know if that's just the sensibility that the music implies, or maybe the unfamiliarity of the bands with people. Right. You know, like Tosin is pretty well known now lately and he's getting a lot more press about things but that's like the major leagues of of post-rock post-metal versus you know the other people caspian also they're Mm -hmm. getting uh big shows in europe but they're also a tremendous band that has been doing it for almost 20 years if not 20 years yeah um so they're also not indicative of the genre as a whole uh, are we still in Africa? Yeah, we are. We can okay. we can go on yeah, if you that, don't have any notes. That's okay. That's a while. Yeah, and and Africa is it's a it's a journey. It's a build yeah. up. Yeah, as most think, songs are. I think most of the songs, regardless, yeah. regardless of artists, they are all like journeys. Definitely. They they should be, and if not the song, then the album. Yeah, definitely. You know. So we're now we're listening to Overboard. Yeah, which Overboard is like really slow. Yeah, I definitely love overboard um for me if um for me when i I like to listen to post rock when i want i like to chill get home from work and just relax um for me overboard was definitely like um if you're the type of person that likes to fall asleep listening to music overboard is definitely one of those songs that can definitely induce that yeah, no, it's it's beautiful, it's slow, it's very low-key. Uh, their heavier stuff is post-rock that you will end up probably moshing to, right? in a way. You know, it's it's not fast tempo, but it's definitely 4-4, and it's visceral. Mm-hmm. And you feel it, and you feel the, the power and the violence in it. You know, whereas this is kind of opposite. I think they released this as a single as well. To oh, just yeah? kind of be like, well, fuck you, we're flipping the script. Like, you don't know us. We're doing singles now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, the record company is like, oh, this is a single. The band maybe doesn't care. 
the band maybe just crafts an album. They're like, oh yeah, fine, but the whatever. record company you know needs to make some press. Yeah, of course. So they'll release a couple songs ahead of time. I believe this was one of them. And I heard this, and I I, I I told my friend, I'm like, wow, this is way different. And he's like, yeah, but it's great. Um, I've tried to listen to to Russian circles before. Um. Um, it could have been that I didn't have the proper guidance to listen to Russian circles. I mean, um, sometimes you have to be in that mindset as well. Yeah, that that is another factor. Um, but at the time when I I don't remember what album I was listening to, but now at the fact, I think this this album guidance uh, is a, is a good album, um, especially with Overboard. If the thing that I noticed about singles is that singles are used kind of like a, as an introduction to the album to try to pull in as much as people as possible. Um, and definitely. Def- and definitely, I think that um, Overboard was probably, like, if you if you introduced me to the song Overboard first, I would have been like, yo, this is amazing. Yeah, no, Overboard is a, a beautiful song, maybe a little more Caspian-esque, in its sonic qualities, uh, but it's still definitely a Russian Circle song. Yeah, and you know they 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 make it their own, but they're also venturing out. They're growing as a band because this is not something that was common for them before. Uh, like I said, Ambrose was a very heavy record mm-hmm. and all that. So this is good. This is like a, a sign of progress uh, for them. You know, a sign of change. Which uh, if change happens, well, you know, people like it. If they don't, well, maybe they they don't like it. Or maybe it doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe bands change and fuck you as a listener. Yeah. Right? Because it's their art. You know, it's, it's very complicated, I guess. But this is definitely a change for them. It's, it's yeah. very pretty. And it still has those build-ups that you get in the earlier songs. Uh, it's not quite as heavy as the earlier songs, but it still has those buildups. Um, right now, we're currently at what? What's the time stamp? Uh, we're at three forty. At three forty, there's there's a a nice uh buildup to it. Out of uh, how long is the song? Six six minutes. Uh, five thirty one. Five thirty. It's yeah. it's a it's kind of takes a while to build into it, but it's still a nice buildup. Smooth, you know. Take your time. You get that uh you know, Neo Pink Floyd-esque sustain, yeah. you know, things like that. Yeah, uh, it's not David Gilmore, but it's maybe a modern take on David Gilmore, a contemporary take, you know, things like that. Um, you know, Pink Floyd is definitely a, a big influence on a lot of musicians, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, also a lot of progressive bands definitely, and stuff like that. Definitely, definitely. So, you know, maybe you're seeing a little bit of that here, too. Yeah. Maybe it's the the knowledge of when to be brutal and especially when not to be brutal. Yeah. I that they're that, exercising here. Yeah, and that's definitely an important part for um, any band, in my opinion. So let's move on to... Kaya. Kaya. Or Kala, I guess. But it's a Stephen King book in the Dark Tower series called Wolves of Kala. Yeah. Was it spelled the same way? I want to say it is off the top of my head. I never finished it because mm. that's like the sixth or seventh Dark Tower book. And I just binged them. Mm. And I, just, I couldn't deal with it anymore. But this is pretty savage off the bat. Yeah, definitely is. Dissonant, like, cores and just oh, sound in your face everywhere. 
I kind of want to wanted to hold on to these thoughts until the closing notes of. Uh, well, you have guidance. time. The song is you know um, six minutes. So, but so far, I think guidance uh, to me. I see this album kind of like a modern day video game soundtrack. Ooh, um, I like that. I defi- like that take. Definitely, you or like a like movie soundtrack as well. Sure. Yeah. Because you have your intro, the nice soft intro, and then sometimes you have your introduction to, to the um, to not the protagonist. I forgot the other word. Antagonist. Yeah, sure. You, and and then you have you know. Uh, the vet, the adventure where the adventure starts. You know, you have the uh, protagonist, you know, moving towards his or her journey, and um, you know, at this point, Kala feels like if it's uh, kind of reaching that peak in that story. Yeah, like a big conflict. Like point. it's it's a it's like building up to the climax where the protagonist this meets the right antagonist. Now we're at. 129 130 this is like a heavy big like antagonist theme yeah like i feel like it, this is at the point that you meet the final boss this is like the border between sludge and post metal yeah it's like right at the edge kind of thing almost because it's really slow and just super heavy but it's not quite sludge it's still right. you know russian circles it's still like a post metal okay okay you know because sludge is also kind of slow and heavy like that but in a different way mm-hmm. there's less energy to sludge than there is right now I've never listened to Sludge. I've heard of the term of Sludge. And uh, I don't know. Maybe that's one day. Uh, oh, it's definitely a worthy uh, experiment. And, mm-hmm. you know, you'll find that, at least for me, there's times where I want to listen to that. Right. And times where I don't. Right. Okay. But Neurosis is one of the bigger bands in that genre. Um, Kaya. Kala, Kaya. Uh, it's definitely kind of like if the for me it feels like if it's the antagonist just going off on a monologue or a soliloquy you know oh you finally made it here you know it took you i mean for me it's kind of like the the final boss battle where you're in an arena with the ganon right to kind of bring up that previous conversation and he's still in his first form yeah you know kind of thing and he's uh-huh. just like a huge swing a huge sword at you like but slowly yeah and it's like just a savage powerful blow that hits occasionally yeah yeah you I know agree. that's kind of the feeling uh, then like the song kind of builds up and it seems like maybe the protagonist or the you know, the main character or the player character is going to kind of start to get a better uh, footing in the in the contest. Yeah, definitely. Um, all the songs from, from Merchant Circles... Yeah, I mean, we could do closing now. Yeah. You know. do, like, how... Like, on average, how are they? Are they, like, three or four minutes? Uh, five minutes? No, they're, like, five to six, okay. probably, on average. All right. Um, Especially in this album. Because in mind. other albums they have uh, longer ones, but yeah, if you don't mind, can we move on to Lisboa? Yeah, sure. So Lisboa is closing. the capital of Portugal. Yeah, and you said that they're famous about using titles. Yeah, yeah. As so they had locations. Geneva as an album title and stuff like that, you know, and as in a song. Lisboa, for me, when I heard it, I kind of felt like it was a somber ending. A very somber ending, like it's an ending that you did not expect. 
like I like use you thought it was gonna go one certain way and then boom no like it ended up being this way. Well, I mean that's the art of dramaticism, right? Right. Is that you take the audience's expectation and you kind of flip it on them, but in a in a subtle way where they don't see it coming, mm-hmm. right? So essentially, uh, a very popular show, Game of Thrones. I don't love Game of Thrones, right? But they do that constantly. Mm-hmm. They'll give you the expectation that X or Y is going to happen, and right at the end, they're going to flip it on you. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe this is their their. Maybe we could say that Russian circles is like a, they're a dramatist kind of band, and that they write a drama in their in their albums. Right. Um. But either way, kind of even though it's a bit of a somber tone to it, I kind of feel like it. It it kind of explains why it took took that turn, um, even though there's no vocal melody to it. It kind of the song itself explains why it took that turn, and why these events happened, and uh, how they ended up getting there. Um, sure. Yeah. And it's I think. Would it, you say that this is maybe a, more akin to a four act structure like? Uh... So uh, Japanese movies, Asian movies tend to be four act mm-hmm. where they'll have uh, act one is one person, act two is somebody else, act three is somebody else having a problem or both of them having different problems. Mm-hmm. And act four is how everything ties together all the way at the end. Yes. Yes, I would. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's kind of like a, it's definitely a resolution to everything that went on. Sure. Yeah. I, I can definitely get behind that idea. And um, it's a nice, definitely a nice closing note. Um, if they, if I part this on live and they finish with this song as a as a live closing, it would definitely, in my opinion, be a good justification to the set. I mean, yeah, but it they would leave on such a down note, right? Because this is actually a, even as slow as their tempo is. All their other albums are relatively high energy mm-hmm. in that they have a lot of loud, powerful sounds. So this one is almost like the explosions in the sky version of uh, Russian Circles, mm-hmm. where it's more of a slow build up. Yeah. And it's just kind of like more even across because they're these guys are like at 11 all the time. Right. You know, so this album definitely has some lower points and higher points, but this is almost like averaging out the entire album you know yeah as a closer i don't know how it would feel i might feel transformed but in my mind right now sitting here i i'm, I'm thinking to myself i might feel left out, let down because i want something just brutal <laughs> yeah you know yeah but i mean it all depends you have to be there you have to experience yeah. it it's definitely with any music event it's definitely a a cathartic experience sure yeah for sure you know and just your your state of mind going into it can make it wildly different for you definitely so closing notes for russian circles would you recommend yes or no um coming from somebody that that has previously given a shot to russian circles and listening to them again um I would definitely recommend it definitely to somebody that, that is trying to get into um, into post-rock. I think maybe this album would be a nice introduction 
to those people. Sure. Um, yeah. And I definitely, looking back at my experience with Russian circles, um, I think I would definitely, I personally don't own their vinyl record for this album. Um, and I'm not sure if they do have it on vinyl. I do believe that they do, and I think I have it, but I have a little bit of a buying problem, and I haven't actually checked. <laughs> so if they do have it on vinyl record, I would definitely pick it up. Um, and if they have it on, on any variant, any different color variant that's available, I would definitely pick the one that pleases me the most. Um, <clears throat> it's a definitely good, definitely good album. Uh, good, good construction good beginning middle and end and uh, definitely it sits well with me i i like it cool yeah um me as a russian circles fan i love it because you can see the progression or the growth of russian circles as a band mm-hmm. um they're not being different for different sake uh they're actually attempting to thematically try new things mm-hmm. and i think that they're succeeding with guidance um, I do own some Russian Circles records, and as far as I can recall, uh, they mostly don't do variants. I think everything's just black. Um, they, 180 gram? Yeah, or uh, something approximating 180. You know, usually very, very good stuff. Right. Uh, they're not like a flashy band. Like I said, I don't know anything about them. I don't know anyone's name. I don't even know what they look like. They're dudes with long hair in my mind's eye. <laughs> but I know their music. That's I can ideal. hear it. I can hum it. I can, you know, remember it, feel it. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're almost like the Kevin Spacey of of post rock, where Kevin Spacey for a long time uh, would never talk about himself personally, mm-hmm. and he said that it was to better be a blank canvas to which the audience could project their impressions of his character on. Right. Well spoken. So, like, if you if I told you that Kevin Spacey's gay, now every character that Kevin Spacey plays is that character gay. Yeah. I can see where you're going. So he would all, he was very private, and I think I feel like Russian Circles is is kind of taking a similar approach. I don't know if they just sh- don't want uh, the publicity or whatever the case is, but they're a wonderful band uh, that they don't they don't really project any type of uh, sensibility or attitude on. You can't really put down where they're from. I believe they're from the Midwest, but they might be from Massachusetts. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it doesn't matter. Is my point. Because you can't hear that in their music. You can't say this is a, a West Coast IPA because right. they don't have the identity of a location or whatever. They just have Russian circles. Right. Do they Are they influenced by other people? Sure. Do they take that in when they create their music? Absolutely. And I think that they've taken that and digested it and produced a Russian circles album that is a little different, maybe a little bit more uh, influenced by other bands but otherwise still good. So if you're a fan of post-rock, if you're a fan of post-metal, if you're a fan of Russian circles, or if you're looking to try something a little more introspective that can be heavy, but that isn't always heavy, but that also isn't heavy in a way that you think, I would 100% recommend it. Um, If you're more of a pop sensibility or whatever the case is, maybe not. Maybe not. But, I mean, there's always new things. Yeah. In the end, it's up to the listener. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to try something new, by all means. Yeah. So yeah, definitely a good uh, way to close on this episode. Uh, hopefully, uh, next time we will get uh, a guest on the show, uh, and we'll see what we do. Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely a good time. I feel good about it. Yeah, definitely. All right, cool. All right. And what was our title again? 
What, what, what? What was our title? Oh, okay. So uh, we are definitely officially called uh, Crafting the Groove. Crafting the Groove. Unless for some reason someone, you know, sends us some sort of DMCA takedown notice. <laughs> Cease and desist. Uh, at the moment, tentatively, we are Crafting the Groove. Uh, Crafting the Groove is actually an album by Groovecraft. Nah, anymore it is. Fuck. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll figure it out. We're we're working title right now. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a title, and we'll record a bumper before this goes up. Yeah, definitely. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you. Yeah. See you later. Riff it. Let's riff yeah, it. Let's just it. record everything, and and we'll we'll kind of feel it out. Okay, thank you, and uh, thank you for joining us. We are the uh, podcast. We are a podcast called Crafting the Groove. We are crafting grooves. We're not crafting grooves. We are drinking craft grooves. No? No? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are crafting... We're not crafting grooves. Yes, this is true. We're just a podcast called Crafting Groove. Uh, crafting... <clears throat> We're just a podcast called Crafting Grooves uh, where we are enjoying some nice craft beer and other beverages that are locally made we're drinking the craft and listening to the grooves yes i think that's a proper i mean what do we madonna what do we get into the groove Hmm. boy you've got to prove (laughs) your love to me (laughs) um